Chapter Eight of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Eight: A Promised Prayer. Meanwhile, Allison in her room wept out her bitterness and knelt for comfort. Then she bathed her eyes and arranged her hair and busied herself about little duties in her room till the traces of tears should be gone wondering presently why her mother did not call her or come in search of her the loving mother supposing allison to be with the other two young people patiently did the work in the kitchen rejoicing that the shadow was lifted from her dear child's heart and hoping to see her bright and sunny when she returned it was so unusual to have allison other than laughing and sweet that it oppressed her she was glad to have her out in the sunshine and sang softly about her work the verse of a hymn which had lingered with her from last sunday's service spirit of god descending fill our hearts with heavenly joy love with every passion blending pleasure that can never cloy thus provided pardoned guided nothing can appease destroy perchance the evil one wished to show her that this last line of her hymn was not true for at that moment for some reason she was moved to go into the sitting-room on an errand and raising her eyes to the window she saw walking slowly up the driveway in deep and earnest converse her son and their guest the glimmer of the brilliant scarlet jacket flashed between the trees and the mother looked for the duller blue of her daughters to follow but look as she might no allison was in sight and the two who walked thus together did not seem to need a third she wondered what it could mean had allison remained at the store on some petty excuse was the child carrying her ill feelings so far the song died on her lips and peace picked up her fluttering garments and fled for the time being the guest went straight to her room the mother sought her son with a troubled expression which the son could not fathom and which in his exalted mood he soon forgot where was allison in her room he thought she had asked them not to wait for her and they had been to the post office he was reading letters but his mind did not seem to be upon them his face wore an abstracted air illumined was the word his mother thought of when he looked up at her in answer to her question my son did i understand you that you had met miss rutherford before last evening yes mother she is an old friend i knew her in new york and met her abroad her brother was in college with me and so far had he progressed in his acquaintance with the lady in question that he actually thought as he spoke that his words she is an old friend were true it was then that her mother's heart started up in fear at that look upon her boy's face oh if he should put his heart in the keeping of one who was not worthy do you know her character my boy she asked and if maurice had not been so abstracted he would have noticed that his mother's face wore an unwanted look of pain almost agony is she a christian mother she 
he hesitated and then with his peculiarly winning smile put both his hands in hers just as he used to do when he was a little boy giving her sweet confidences and looking frankly in her eyes finished mother she needs christ will you help me pray for her there was that in the reply that baffled the mother while it could not be resisted she kissed him and gave her promise tenderly she would not ask him further of his relations to their guest she knew he would tell her if there was anything she should know she knew she could trust him and yet her heart was troubled until she took her worry to that never-failing source of comfort her saviour she was a woman who in an unusual sense had learned to lay her burden at her lord's feet and leave it there sometimes her friends did not understand this calmness and were wont to think her indifferent or blind to possible dangers but those who knew her best had learned to believe that it was simple trust which smoothed her brow and kept her young and fair she went to allison at last with the care gone from her face and found her daughter not in her room but down in the kitchen flying around with unnecessary haste in preparation for an elaborate meal to make up for her absence from the work in the morning she seemed cheery though her mother could see it was a forced emotion but the wise mother judged it best to accept the cheeriness and not let her daughter know just at present that she was aware of her having remained at home all the morning they talked about the dinner and the mother ignored the fact that the dishes were out of the usual order of everyday planning she entered into the work with as much seeming eagerness as allison was manifesting and between them they managed to keep up a semblance of sunshine maurice said he would have the surrey ready right after dinner he thinks it would be pleasant for you to take miss rutherford up the hill drive the coloring of the woods will be in perfection of beauty now you would better plan to start right after dinner so that you will have plenty of time i will see to the dishes oh mother said allison in dismay appearing in the kitchen door with a butter plate in her hand aren't you going too i can't dear you know it is the missionary society day i have one of the papers to read and it would not do to be absent besides miss rutherford has sent some messages to them by me about the box we are packing i really could not stay away allison turned back to the table upon which she was putting the finishing touches before calling the family to dinner she could see her brother sitting in the parlor by the window his fine profile outlined against the window and she could hear the soft strains of the piano touched by a cultivated hand allison could play herself and had a tender touch all her own which reached hearts but she knew she could not play like that she could see the appreciation in her brother's attitude her heart rose in rebellion again was it jealousy also that was seizing her as its prey she walked to the dining-room window where she had thought out so many disagreeable problems during the past three days and leaned her head against the cool pane as she studied the fretwork of vines and tendrils on the wall outside her chin grew firm with resolve when she turned away from that window and went silently about her interrupted work she knew in her heart that she did not intend to take that drive in the afternoon and she also thought she knew a way out of it nevertheless she sat at the table and listened to the plans acquiescing quietly in all they said about the road to take and the hour of starting 
it was arranged to give her time for helping with the dinner dishes before she went she had hoped they would let her off to help her mother but it became evident that something else would have to be planned promptly at the time agreed upon the carriage drove up to the door and miss rutherford was handed in allison appeared a moment afterward carrying two books in her hand well sister do you propose to pursue the study of literature this afternoon while the rest of us feast on nature as he took the books while she got in library books he said frowning slightly now allison you are not planning to go around there first are you it will delay us awfully for you are morally certain to be longer than you expect and besides it is out of the way can't you let those go for another week no the time is up said allison with satisfaction well what of that a fine i'll pay it gladly if you'll give it up allison looked troubled she had not thought of this maurice was apt to carry his point when he was anxious maurice really they ought to go back to-day mrs lynch has been waiting for that blue book and i told her we should be done with it to-day and she promised to be there and get it before any one else snatched it up maurice whistled and reluctantly got into the carriage the while allison's brow cleared having set her will not to go she really wished not to do so arrived at the library she promptly arranged the rest she had been gone but two or three minutes when miss burton one of the ladies interested in the library came out to the carriage dr gray good afternoon she said your sister has been so kind as to take my place as librarian this afternoon as i have got quite a severe headache and she asked me to tell you not to wait for her she is very good indeed as there was nothing to be said to this the carriage started on wily allison knew there could be no contention over the matter if she sent miss burton to speak for her and she set herself to straighten out a muddle in the books with the firm intention of forgetting her troubles if she could however that was not so easily managed as she found herself from time to time following the carriage as it wound its way among the hills and about midway in the afternoon it suddenly occurred to her that if her object had been real love and fear for her brother she would have gone along for surely the stranger could less easily exercise her wiles upon his unsuspecting heart with a third person present than if they were entirely alone poor allison she vexed herself with the thought that she had been selfish in staying at home and made several mistakes in setting down the number of books returned when the hour for closing came she was weary and glad to walk quietly home meantime the two who were riding into the glory of the afternoon could not be said to have really missed her her brother felt now and then a twinge of pity that she was shut up from the beauties they were enjoying all this long afternoon but it never once came to his comprehension that his sister was really suffering because she was having so little of his own precious society he was not an egotistical young man besides his present occupation was pleasant they talked of many things now and then the young man would speak of his christian work or of the god who made the beauties they were looking upon once they stopped the carriage on the brow of a lofty hill where two other hills gave way and left an unexpected view of valley river and more purple hills in the distance the clear october sky was perfect as blue and bright as skies are made with more of decision in it that comes in june 
and with a few tiny sharp white scurrying clouds here and there like messengers hurrying about intent upon weighty matters in connection with the coming of the winter season they were silent as they looked such a view takes words away presently the young man said i always think when i come to this spot how much i should like to be just here when jesus christ comes back to earth again i like to wonder how the clouds will look whether it will be sunset or early in the morning or will the sky be like this it seems sometimes when there is a glorious sunset as if he must be coming and the gates of heaven have begun to open for the throng of angels and the dead in christ how wonderful it will all be with jesus in their midst the girl by his side looked up into his face she had come into the front seat that she might better see the view she could also more easily watch the changing expressions on her companion's speaking face his look was rapt now and as he went on to speak in a few words more of the jesus whom he loved evelyn rutherford for the first time in her life felt that there really was such a person living now as jesus christ also for the first time strange as it may seem she saw a man who seemed to realize this presence as much as he did that of any fellow-creature she could see that this was a reality with him and she wondered and was awed they were both silent as the horse turned to wind down the hill again and around by another way home evelyn could not think of anything to say that would not seem frivolous and she was conscious of a distinct wish not to seem frivolous before this man miss rutherford may i be so bold as to make a request of you asked the young man turning his bright earnest eyes upon her as they neared the foot of the hill i have prayed for you so long will you let me feel that you are praying for yourself it will be a true joy to me it was a long time before there was any answer she had looked at him at first with a quick startled gaze and dropped her eyes again her fingers twined among the red and gray fringe of the heavy gold cape she wore and the color crept slowly up over her smooth cheek till it almost reached the shadow of her dark drooping lashes afterward when he was far away a vision of that fair face outlined against the dark green cloth of the golf hood lingered in his mind though he was not conscious of noting details as he watched for her answer at last she said huskily how could i i would not know what to say the answer was ready will you ask him to make you willing to be his are you willing to be made willing can you ask him that do you mean will i just say those words make me willing to belong to christ she said with a slow hesitation like a child uncertainly learning its lesson it was all so new to her yes he said eagerly ask jesus christ that every day will you and try with all your heart to realize as much as you can that you are talking to a real live being and try to want what you are asking the silence was a long one this time broken occasionally by a little explanatory word from the young man who fairly held his breath for her answer he knew she was considering it by the drooped eyelashes and the nervous fingers in the fringe he prayed in his heart with longing that would not be denied they were nearing the village when at last she raised her eyes in answer to his low won't you do it spoken for the fifth time with wistful beseeching i will try 
she said, in a tone that none of her New York friends would have recognized. Thank God, was the immediate joyous response. They neither of them said any more, but the glow on his face told, as from time to time she stole a glance at him, that he was deeply and truly glad. Just why she could not understand. Her promise seemed to her to mean so little, and yet she hesitated about making it, because it had seemed to mean so much to him, that it troubled and embarrassed her. They drove up to the door with a quiet gravity in their demeanor. The glow of the setting sun illumined their faces, and a glow of something even more beautiful uplifted their hearts. Allison, as she watched them, decided that it had been very wrong for her to stay at home that afternoon. They had only had more chance to become intimate. End of chapter 8